You're listening to the Sunday podcast from LifePoint Church in Santan Valley, Arizona. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. For more information, visit us online at lifepointaz.com. Praise God. How's everybody doing this morning? We doing good? Fantastic. Everyone smile really big. Oh, look at all you. <laughs> well, praise God. My name is Cody Burns. I come to you guys today from Tampa, Florida. And I am very happy to be able to be with you guys this morning. It is my honor and my privilege. And I pray that today, this story that God has given to me, I pray that it inspires you and encourages you to accomplish the plan God has upon your life. How many of you guys know that God has a plan for you? If you don't, he does. Amen. God is good. Well, let me pray before we get started. God, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are on the throne, that you are in control. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. We thank you for who you are. I thank you for the story that you've given to me. And Lord, I just pray that you would use it today to touch the lives of every individual. Lord God, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Give you a little bit of a background about who I am. Uh, I grew up in the church as a youngster. I give my life to Christ when I was about four or five years old. Uh, whenever I was six years old, I was baptized. I was excited. And then whenever I was 11 years old, I went to a kid's camp, and I remember God speaking to me at the age of 11. How many of you guys know that God will speak to us? He is alive. He is real. And he spoke to me at 11 years old. And I knew at that moment he was calling me to be an evangelist. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I knew that was it. I knew he was calling me to ministry. He was going to call me to carry the gospel. And so at that time, I also fell in love because, uh, with clowning and juggling. And, and I, I'm, I'm, a weird, I'm a weird guy. I'm not afraid to admit it. We had, a, we had an evangelist come to our church, and he juggled and did clown stuff, but he also preached the gospel, and I was fascinated by it. I said, oh, that would be a wonderful way to be able to share the gospel. So all through elementary school, middle school, and high school, I was the kid that really wasn't athletic. No, I was into being a clown. I was into putting on, putting on makeup. <laughs> yeah. I was into being a clown. I loved it. And I went to clown school, and it was a lot of fun. But I, I uh, did juggling, and it, I loved those things. I was fascinated with the circus, too. Whenever I graduated high school, I said, Oh, it would be so cool to be able to join Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey. <laughs> now they're closed. But, uh, but yeah, that was like, I was like, oh, that'd be cool. I said I could go there and tone up on my skills and everything. But God had another plan. He called me to go to a master's commission. How many guys are familiar with the program Master's Commission? I attended that in Rockford, Illinois. It's a nine-month program where people are fresh out of school and they dedicate nine months of their life just seeking God. And his plan. I mean, we, we study the scripture. We do Bible study. It was a lot. I grew a lot during that time. Then I got my pastoral credentials and became a children's pastor. And at the same time of being a children's pastor, the pastor that has known me since I was four years old, he knew that I wanted to be an evangelist. So he was very supportive of the ministry God had given to me. So he gave me the flexibility while being on staff to travel around the country and to have part in working at kids' camps, speaking in a lot of different churches. I even got to do some circus stuff. It's what they call spot dates, where they just fly you out, and you do a show, and then you fly back home. So that was a lot of fun. It was a great experience. 2013, I was 23 years old. Everyone's like, man, he is young. 
was 23 years old. And I had just uh, had a meeting at Vincent's, Indiana, at the Red Skelton Theater. How many of you guys ever heard of Red Skelton? Yeah. I was one of those youngsters to where I studied the old comics. You know, you got uh, Oliver Hardy, Abbott Costello, Red Skelton. Those, to me, those are the, that's the real deal. You don't see it like that anymore. So I was going to be performing at the theater. I was so excited because it was going to give me a 20-minute spot to come on stage, make people laugh. And so I was, I was stoked. I was happy. Then I was driving back. How many of you guys like driving? <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm joking. No, driving can, be, driving can be fun, especially when you're trying to clear your mind of some things. I was excited. That was a fun drive. <laughs> it was also a drive that changed my life. I was driving. And then imagine yourself driving and everything just going black. I don't remember what happened to me that day, thank God. But what I'm told is that I was stopped at a red light. How many of you adults know what red lights are? Aren't they annoying? But I was stopped at a red light behind another, there was a woman in front of me in her vehicle, and I was behind her, and I was driving a Dodge Durango. And there was a refrigerator box truck that was coming 60 to 65 miles per hour and showed no signs of stopping. It rear-ended my vehicle. Whenever it hit my vehicle, my vehicle exploded into flames. The lady's van that was in front of me, her van went to one side of the intersection, mine went into an embankment. It was bursting into flames. What I'm told is there was multiple truck drivers that stopped the trucks immediately and got their fire extinguishers and began to spray me out. Although the flames were too big, they, the fire extinguishers wasn't going to do it. Right when they ran out of their fire extinguishers, the fire department showed up. How many guys know that God's always on time? <laughs> so when they came to the scene, the lady that was in the van in front of me, thank God, she, she went to the hospital, got checked out, she was fine. The driver of the truck that, that hit me, he's fine. And I, however, was considered to be dead because they called it a fatality. They said, there's no way anyone can survive this. And so, somehow or another, by the grace of God, they seen my hand move. This is what's amazing. They seen my hand move. So they instantly begin to change their plans. They begin getting the hose, trying to spray the vehicle out. It took them a good hour to get me out of that thing. And what's amazing is they said I was talking. I forgot to share this in the first service. I was talking. Said I told them who I was, where I worked, and everything. I don't remember none of it. They laid me out on a stretcher, then they then life flighted me to a hospital in Evansville, Indiana, which is the southern part of the state. Then they redirected me to Indianapolis, Indiana, to the burn unit. I was in very critical condition. I had severe burn injury. My face had second-degree burns. Uh, I had uh, some third-degree burns, but the majority was fourth-degree burns, which I never heard of. And, um, and it all depends on how deep you was burned. I, my, my burns went down to my bone and muscle. And uh, they, um, I also had broken vertebrae. I became septic in the unit. My oxygen levels went very low. My mother tells me her side of the story. She remembers the doctors coming up to her and saying it's a 50-50 chance. We have to perform surgery, and if we do, there's a chance he may die or he may make it, but we have to take a chance. Thank God <laughs> that I got through. I had eight surgeries whenever I was in the unit. Whenever I left the, um, well, I was in the burn unit for two and a half months total. 
And then whenever I got out of the unit, I had more in-state rehab, had to relearn to walk, relearn to use my hands. My entire life was changed. 23 years old, one moment, I'm healthy, I'm active, I'm pursuing the plan God has on my life. I'm not doing anything wrong. Next thing you know, boom, life changed in an instant. Life is so uncertain, isn't it? And I know that whenever I'm up here talking, you guys can think in your minds some of your stories and how you know that life has had its ups and its downs. Life is not easy. Even if you're a Christian, but I have the one I can cling to, the Almighty God. So I was, I did tell you, I was on, I don't know if I told you, I was on life support for three weeks. I was in a full coma. So three weeks of my life, I don't remember. But my burn injuries were really bad. They wanted to amputate three of my fingers. And my mother, she was a good advocate. She said, no, you can't, he juggles. <laughs> and so you can imagine the surgeon's face. And so, uh, yeah, they, they was able to save them. They don't function like they used to, but at least I have them. Praise God. So uh, I, I did all kinds of juggling stuff, and so I thought it would be fun to be able to show you guys some juggling this morning. Would you guys like that? <laughs> Fantastic. Well, also, please be praying for me because I feel like I've been hit by a truck. Uh, how many of you guys, uh, who was here uh, yesterday? All right, so you guys see me try to do this balancing trick? Yeah, that went real well, didn't it? <laughs> so I thought, okay, I'm gonna do this to try again. Is that all right? Can I try a balancing stunt for you guys? I'm gonna try something a little bit different because this, this is kind of new. I have on uh, Facebook, my brother started up a Facebook page called Cody's New Start. I've now changed it to Cody Burns Ministries, but every, there's a few thousand followers on this. They've been following my story back whenever I was on life support. And so I thought it'd be cool to kind of give them a, a preview of what I'm gonna do. Is that okay? Yeah. That cool? So we'll see, we'll go live. And is anyone good with, uh, with holding a camera and doing this? Anyone wanna hold it for me? I promise you won't get hurt. You wanna hold, yeah, come on up here. Let's give her a hand. Thank you so much. Step on up here, fantastic. What's your name? Nicole. Nicole, that's correct. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go live right now. Huh? You can do it from the front or behind, whatever. You can walk around. Just be, be creative. Is, am I live? Hello, Facebook family. Everyone say hi. <laughs> we are at Life Point Church in Santan Valley, Arizona. And I'm going to perform for them a balancing stunt. I hope it goes well. Because if it doesn't, I don't have no way of editing this. So I have with me a mouse stick. Okay, this is kind of weird. <clears throat> Whenever you balance, don't fall off the stage, whatever you do, thank you. Whenever you balance, you have to keep your focus on the thing that's at the very top. So like if I balance and stick on my nose, my focus is right now on that little black mouthpiece. Okay? Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. So I have with me this candle holder. All right, I have a balloon. Excuse me, pardon me while I blow this up. <laughs> That's pretty good, you know? I should mention, <laughs> yeah, I, I had minimal lung damage whenever I was in the unit. That in itself is a miracle, right? So God's good. Okay, 
I'm going to light these candles. I even got a date. Look at that. Now I'm joking. <laughs> Have you guys ever heard that saying, if you play with fire, you pee the bed? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> if I do this, will you guys clap really loud? But don't clap for me because clap for Jesus because it's he in me. Amen. Praise God. All right. I hope I do this. Hope it goes over well. Everyone's got their phones out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. plan. You guys want to see some juggling? All right. I'm going to start with the basics though. One ball. Thank you. <laughs> Be amazed. Cirque du Soleil. Two balls in one hand. Like, 
right. We're good. Thank you, guys. Was that fun? Why not? I like having fun. I like to laugh, too. You guys like to laugh? I do. If God has a sense of humor. If you don't believe me, look at your neighbor. He does. Praise God. So during this, I, before the wreck, I was juggling like seven balls, and I was doing all kinds of fun stuff. And I remember laying in the, in the in-state rehab, and I was in my hospital gown. I had pins in my fingers, and I was splinted all up. I had some friends come from Tennessee. Their whole family juggles. They have like a bunch of kids. They're breeders. Oh, they were sweet people. And it meant so much to me during that time. Their kids came up and had balloon animals and everything. And so they handed me three bean bags. So, Cody, you got to try to juggle. I was like, oh, yeah. Got up on the side of the bed and trying to cover up everything. And those children. And so, yeah, so I tried to juggle three balls and I couldn't. And so uh, I had to reteach myself how to juggle. And so there you have it. Be amazed. <laughs> Ah, praise God. It was tough going through this. And, and for me to come up here and say that it was easy, I'd be a fool. Because it wasn't easy. I had to make a decision. A decision of, was this going to affect my faith in God? Because all my life, I wanted to do right. I wanted to do what was right. I was a kid's pastor. I, I tried to stay, I, I never drank in alcohol. You believe that? 26 years old, never drank alcohol. Never smoked either, except for there. <laughs> so I try to do good. But my life just instantly changed. And you just sit there and you wonder why. How many of you guys wonder why? Yeah, we've all, we've all thought about that. Why, God? Why me? Why does bad things happen to good people? The Bible tells us that it rains on the just and the unjust. So whether I'm a Christian or if I'm not a Christian, things are going to happen. We're told in this world you will have trouble. But we can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. And through him, we truly can do all things. So I had thousands of people watching me. And I had to make a decision. Was this going to affect my faith? I chose the decision that no. It's not going to affect my faith. Because at 26 years old, I have discovered, I have a lot, of learn, a lot to learn. I'm not perfect by any means. But I've discovered that life is short. We're not promised tomorrow. But someday I'm going to stand before the throne of God. And he's going to ask me, what did you do with what I gave you? I want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I spoke with an evangelist by the name of Dave Reaver. He's been around for years, got a powerful ministry. He was sharing with me what someone had told him whenever he was younger. He's a burn survivor. And the woman asked him, she said, you know why you was scarred? And he's like, no, no, I don't know why. And she said, God didn't do this to you. Just like God didn't do this to me. But he allowed it to happen because he could trust me with the scars. He could trust me with the story. 
Because in all reality, yes, my body is scarred. If you look, you can see my hands, but I'm telling you about my legs, different, I'm scarred. But in all reality, this body is temporary. Someday, <laughs> if, if God doesn't come beforehand, I'll be buried, but I'll have a new body. And, and truly, through this earth, it's nothing but a constant schooling process. And graduation is whenever we pass and we stand before the throne of God. Amen. I want for him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. We're going to show a slideshow video. This one here, I should say, is a graphic slideshow. Um, it has graphic photos. So if you are bothered by watching this, feel free to walk out. You're not going to offend me or upset me. I understand. I like showing this, though, because it kind of puts it into a better perspective of what God brought me through. Because I can stand here on stage, and, and to be honest, I go to a lot of places, they can't even tell I've been injured. But when you kind of see this, this is like, yeah, wow, God brought me through that. So be encouraged. Um, like I said, if you have problems seeing this, feel free to walk out. Well, let's watch. Let's watch that slideshow. Thank you. When I'm feeling old. 
God is good, amen. Philippians 1.12. This was written by Paul. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. And so I take those words. Paul was in prison when he was saying that. So what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. People have given their life to Christ, and that's what it's all about. Today, I want to really quick talk about the subject of scars. Look at my arms. I know a lot of you, whenever you bring up a scar, looking at a scar, you don't really want to because it brings up pain, embarrassment, past hurt. But if you look at these scars, these are what you call contracture scars. And as painful as these scars are, and as challenging as it is, I don't envy any, though, any one of you who have internal scars. Because in all reality, some are dealing with outward scars, but a lot are inward. Scars, where we have been wounded by individuals, maybe abuse, neglect, loss of a loved one, loss of a business or a marriage, a lot of people have been scarred. I want to talk really quick about scar release. Can we show that image really quick? It's a picture of my hand after I received a scar release procedure. And what this is, is when scar builds up around your joints, and for instance with my hand, it limits my mobility to move or make a fist and do things. So I remember sitting in therapy day after day, week after week, month after month trying to bend, but I needed a scar release because that scar had grown so deep and so strong that it need, I needed surgery. So I went in, they did a scar release procedure. But you see, I still have scar. A scar release doesn't remove the appearance of a scar. It allows mobility to move with the scar. In your life, 
the scars that you've encountered, yes, they've happened. And they probably aren't the greatest. But if we're not careful, those scars can hold us in bondage. And when we're in bondage, we can't live in freedom. And when we don't live a life of freedom, we can't fully achieve our purpose. God has a plan for you. And I truly believe that there's individuals in this church today that God has for so long wanted to use you. He's wanted to bless you. He's wanted to heal you. But unfortunately, we can sometimes refuse to receive it. Today, I want you to receive God's healing because God wants to do so many great things in your life. I'm not saying that my scar is worse than your scar because you know what? A scar is a scar. They're painful. We don't like them. And if we're not careful, our entire life can be limited because of one scar, one mess up, one thing. God wants to set you free. Him who the Son sets free is what? Yeah. Let's look at the four steps to receiving a scar release. And worship team, you can come on up. Four steps. You have to recognize the scar and its root. Whatever it is that scarred you. Maybe it was back in your childhood. And you know what? It's been affecting you for years. Today, you got to recognize it. And sometimes that may be difficult because it brings up past memories. But if you recognize it, you know what to target. Then make an appointment with the surgeon, the great physician, Jesus Christ. Call out to him. He wants to set you free. Number three, surgery and recovery. Surgery is painful. Recovery is painful. And it can take time. It took me time to get to the point where, okay, I'm not going to allow bitterness to affect me. The man that was driving the truck that hit me, I forgive the man. But that took some time. And I pray that someday I have the opportunity, if he doesn't know Christ already, I would lead him to the cross. Daily therapy, getting in God's word, seeking his presence, working it. God wants to do the miraculous in your life. As a result of what has happened to me, people have came to know Jesus. And you know what? I've also started up a burn foundation. We're helping other burn survivors. And, the real, and, and what I want to do with this is I want to share God's love. Let them know that God loves them. God understands our pain and our suffering. Jesus himself had scars, but his scars is what gave us hope. Think about your scars and the hope that your scars could provide to others. I can't stress to you guys enough how much God loves you and how much God wants to bless you, but you gotta receive it. Don't allow the things that have happened to you affect living a life of victory.
Amen. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for the time that I've had to share this morning with this amazing group of people. God, I just pray that you would continue to go with them, Lord God, as they go throughout their day. Wrap your loving arms around them. May you bless them, Lord God. And I pray that today they were encouraged, they were inspired. But Lord, you know their lives better than anyone. You know us better than we know ourselves. You know our beginning and you know our end. And Lord, I thank you that we can put our trust in you. And I believe there's a lot of individuals that you are just longing to use, that you're just longing to bless. But they've been limited by their past hurts, their past scars. So Lord, today I pray that you would do a scar release in their life. Release them from that bondage so that they can fulfill your destiny for us. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.